welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. What fascinates me about Strindberg so much, and I didn't realize how much it fascinated me until we started this, is how difficult it is being a human being and how complicated it is. I mean, really complicated. And the whole concept of an inner conflict is really huge. This was a note. You love and go out, but you're withdrawn. You want to be powerful, yet you're also weak. You want to be married, but you want to be free. It's just the whole idea. And when we do good plays, there are elements of that that no actors explore. I mean, there are good plays. They're very, very good plays, but what I find is that most actors do not explore this kind of dual thing going on with characters. I mean, it just doesn't occur to anybody the idea that I'm playing a character and I look at a character trait and I say, oh, this character is strong. And even making any character choice at all is a breakthrough. I mean, most people make no character choices. They just look at the words and figure out how to say them. And so nobody really goes through this process of thinking, who is this person? How does this person see the world? What are they like? What, you know, what is their personality? So most people don't do that anyway. So any of that is a step forward. If we can look at something and get some clues, we can get some keys to who this person is. Uh, I mean, if you look at all the people that we've worked on, all the plays that we've worked on, we've always been able to get a clue to this person. Maybe it came from the profession. Maybe it came from the profession in the time period that they were living. You know, so there'll, there'll be something that maybe it comes from the class of the character, the nationality. I mean, when you look at all the things that are possibility and identifying them at all and figuring out what they're like, that is a step forward as far as I'm concerned, because most actors don't have a clear idea of what that is to begin with, because nobody ever told them. But then we add this very, very complicated idea. If we add this very complicated idea, I, tell me somebody we've worked on. Lizzie. Okay. So, a perfect example. In order to really complicate Lizzie, in order to really make Lizzie, and man, I buy anybody making choices about her at all. I think what we worked on in, with Lizzie is, you know, the fact that she's a farm woman, what that meant, what it is to, you know, to run the house, what it is to, to have to take care of things, um, how because of that, she doesn't take any bullshit from, from Starbucks. 
So it's like you can't mess with her. She's strong. I, and I think one of the, the things that the two of them appeal to each other is that they're both strong characters. But to go down the Strindberg... <laughs> to go down the Strindberg hole when you're working on a character is to really dig into, yes, but where is she weak? She's an independent woman, but how do we deal with this other side of her? Um, how, how do we deal with that? How, how do we find that? And it's in the plot a little in, in that play, but wh where do we find that? Where do we find in, in this woman that's seemingly together and cold, where do we dig in to find this sort of Strindberg thing of she thinks Starbucks is hot? It's almost to the point where I say, and that's one step further than I ever expect actors to go. I'm happy with the first level. So it's it's the reason that we you know tread lightly with Strindberg, because with Strindberg we have to get this, and also my God, I, Strindberg really saw the modern world as being in crisis, and for him it was a crisis of the soul. And uh, the, the, the thing that was really horrifying is I started reading a chapter in this hugely thick Strindberg biography, and it was a chapter called Playing with Fire. And I thought, oh, good, it's going to give me the key to this play. And it started talking about his life. And everything about this period was complicated. His friends, wife, gave the friend permission to also be in a relationship with another woman. He had this fight with his father and didn't talk to him for the last seven years of his life. And even though he was in Stockholm, he refused to go to his funeral. I mean, every single thing about Strindberg's life has this torturedness. He saw absolutely everything about the world as being tormented and fragmented and everything in a crisis so uh, it's it's like I, I can't oh my god how much of this can we deal with This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. He was very, very big in understanding two huge areas, um, characters that are represented by their sex 
and characters that are represented by their class. Now, that's really interesting, I think, in the play that we're working on. He does have this artist class. And so what we have are Kirsten and Newt, who are of this kind of class, you know, all these very, very wealthy people that have nothing to do, and they're bored, and they have no lives, and they go to her tennis club, and they, you know. And then they have this artist class. Now, the artist class is very interesting, and I think people are always interested in the artist class. Maybe not in Hollywood, but in many places, people are fascinated with those of us who do what we do. They're so fascinated that the fact that we may not have a lot of money doesn't bother them because we're so fascinating. They're fascinated with how tortured he is. They're fascinated with his problems. I mean, of course, it's loosely autobiographical, but I mean, Strindberg went through this period where he was considering suicide. And he, he got on a boat from Stockholm to, to Germany or from Sweden to Germany and couldn't do it. He abandoned ship on this island and just and was considered, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like he was very, I mean, he went insane. His life around him made him insane. And he sort of comes to the table with this, this violent, insanity in his life. I was going to read a chapter of the book, and I started reading it. I thought, oh, my God, it's raining in New York today. I can't read a chapter of this book. It's too depressing. And I just to bring up the point that I brought before, people trapped by themselves, it makes you look at things and say, are people trapped by the society they live in, which is Ibsen, or are they trapped by themselves, which is Strindberg? And that exploration is, is both huge and useful. And no Strindberg character thinks he can get out of the trap. I mean, that's, that is such an, I think, is such an interesting thing to go into it with. Why? Why do they think they can't get out of the trap? They don't see a way out. They don't see a way out. Here's the thing that, and maybe this comes from Strindberg's own relationship to himself that he saw himself in these kind of circumstances and that knowing you cannot control what you think, knowing that you can't control what you feel, you feel trapped by it and you see no way out. Which is kind of a nice way to come around to one of the first themes you talked about with us when you started class last year, is that change is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no solution. And there's no solution. Well, that's really the issue. You do get out of it, you're still getting into something else, and that's going to cause more inner turmoil and conflict because now you're guilty or you're this or that. And 
but but also you can't and and i just don't think you can it's just it's a part of their character i'd say who they it's part of who they are that's why i think that's why they don't see the way out because they bring that whatever they go whatever they (laughs) well i'll tell you something okay so this is a question and and it, it does all kind of go together can a person change i mean that's a that is, you know, for our philosophy class that meets once a week, you know, can people change at all? Is it possible? One may adapt to things in a certain way, but the thing is, can you actually change? The evidence is slightly against it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what we have to get to to play these characters is what is going on way, way, way down. It's like Sharon Carnegie said when this class started and we had this discussion a year ago. She said, oh, my God, you are going down. You are going down that rabbit hole of acting when you're asking questions like that because we're trying to figure out what is going on. And it all gets down to the torment of a person's soul. And you have to understand the difference between a plot problem and a soul problem. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Kieser. And for more info on Jeffrey's work, you can go to jeffreykieser.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, You can find us online, I don't need an acting class.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, and uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.